Well, hello and welcome to the Box of Delights, the Nice Things Commentaries as we embark towards episode 5. My name is Paul Carmichael and with me is my esteemed colleague and he goes by the name of... Michael Livesley. Although he may be 700 years old and have known many names in the past, we will find out. Yes, I may be Mr. Lully. You may well be. So... As always, what we're going to do is we're going to watch through the episode of The Box of Delights. We're going to waffle away um, about whatever we see on screen in front of us. Yes. And sometimes maybe something that's not on screen but is next to my colleague, Mr. Livesley, at the moment. Yes, but we'll yes. come to that. Um, and also we're going to both choose our favourite nice thing of the episode. So there we go. So, if we are ready. And are we ready here? I think we're ready, aren't we? Yes, I am Poised. Poised. So, so ready get yourselves. Get poised on the play button and press play in three, two, one. Here we go. Lovely. Off we go. Ah. Now let's just think about one thing here, which is yeah. we discovered this week who we have to thank for the theme music. Indeed. Didn't we? Go Indeed. on. Indeed. Well, yes. Tell the boys and girls. Yes, well, according to uh, Mr. Stevens in his autobiography, uh, mm. Knight Errant, Sir Robert Stevens, I should mm. add, um, I will get the old uh, readers on merely for the uh, illusion. Victorian pornographer. Victorian pornographer. I was doing a lot of television in this period, and the Box of Delights, blah, 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 blah. I associated it with my childhood, a most glorious allegory. Um. So he said that he would only do it if they used the theme tune, Hutchinson's Carol Symphonia. And isn't that amazing? Because I think to our generation, that piece of music means Christmas. Mm. So really, Robert Stevens has sort of defined Christmas for a generation of people who were between, what, 40 and 50, yeah. I suppose. I agreed to be in the Box of Delights on condition they agreed to use the music I associated with from my childhood. A most glorious symphony of carols. Mm. Now then, there's something coming up here with Mr. Stevens. Here he let's is. just for, let's just listen to this, and I, I think this is fascinating. This little bit that he does now is does about twenty seconds of performance here. Iambic pentameter. Mm -hmm. He's doing that in iambic pentameter. And I, I had a sneaky look at this one earlier. And I thought, good God. Well, he is, would. Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, it's heightened language. And if you're going to play it properly, you know, go to your Shakespeare. Well, but he lived and breathed it. Yeah. But it's fascinating, isn't it? Because what you've got is you've got two actors here. And they're both doing... Such different styles of acting, because Joe there is very much doing the sort of the children's BBC mm. style of acting. It's not too over the top. It's not as over the top as it could be. It's not but Peter Glaze acting. Peter Glaze acting, yes. Whereas Stevens... Stevens is in the theatre. Mm. Oh, he's brilliant. Mm. I didn't realise he was such a, a, a foundational stone, really, of the theatre in this country. I've mm. only read a bit of the autobiography, but mm. his, his breadth think, and wealth of Shakespearean works. That's it. I think that's what you get here, isn't it? You're getting the fact that he's a theatre mm. actor, and he's managing to take all of that 
all of that expanse that you've got to use on a stage, and he's just putting it in that little 4-3 camera. You know, he's bringing everything right down and playing it beautifully. Yeah. But, see, it's, I, I think it's fascinating, because, of course, Troughton, um, who we haven't seen for some time, maybe we'll yeah. see Mr. Troughton in this Spain, week. Spain, Jamie. Well, yes, um, but... Troughton was very much, you know, he, he his view of theatre was it was just shouting in the evening. Um, and I asked his son, I asked Michael if that was true, that was what he said, shouting in the evening. He said, oh, yes, mm. that's what he thought of it. Oh. And what's interesting here is we know that there's a, a confrontation coming up later with Stevens and Troughton. But when I asked you earlier to look in the book to see what Stevens says about working with Troughton, what did you find? There's nothing there. That's that's Nothing. the only mention of it anyway, mm. on of Box of Delights. He mentions uh, agreeing to do it, how much he enjoyed doing it. Uh, he mentions that they were all very concerned. Have, well, he mentions that they had to keep remaking Devon's costumes as mm. he kept getting taller. Mm. And then he mentions that he contracted diphtheria midway through the series, mm. terrifying the production team. But no mention of Troughton? No. See, Troughton was very much a sort of... He's very much the way I prefer to act, to be honest with you. It's sort of like little and often, you mm. know. Um, mm. There's no great need to... There's not, He didn't have that fear. Uh, certainly not a fear that I have that it will go away. Mm. Um, whereas someone like Stevens, I, I'm, I'm not, I've not read the book yet, so I couldn't say. He may have had that fear, I don't know. But what he did have was... He was, he was just doing it. He just never stopped working. Mm. And whether that comes from a place of anxiety, as Tom Baker always says with actors, mm. we'll find out as we read the book. I don't know how honest the book is. I've no idea. Mm. Oh, he's back. Ah, oh, Jimmy. He nearly trips the line there, doesn't he? The Archbishop's Award. He just... And I dare say that that would have... These days, that would be considered worthy of a retake, of course. Just that little trip. But that's part the, of the charm of these programmes, that they mm. didn't retake ceaselessly. Mm. Well, they got on with the job. These days, I think if that was to happen on set, everyone would laugh. Everyone would do their best mm. laugh. Mm. I don't hold with that. No. Do it the proper way. Absolutely. Master Harker. And this really interests me here as well because well we're gonna get uh, i love how we get some lovely sweeties back yeah Ooh. we get some proper children's television acting yeah you, well as soon as he walked out the chubby station master stroke um sat at superintendent mm. it's odd though isn't it because james grout is doing Definitely, he's doing character acting, but it's honest character acting, and it's not played Still for... in the toffee look. Yeah, but it believably. Oh, yeah. He's been snapped into reality, hasn't he, oh, here? Look at this, we've character. got one, two. We've got two classic cars so far. We've got bicycles. We've got quite a lot of extras. There's another car. There's a motorcycle. This is big-budget stuff for kids' TV, isn't it? Motorcycle combination, dear. Motorcycle combination. Looks Never like the one it. that Arthur had in On the Buses. Could well be. But it's big budget stuff. I mean, we've been talking before about the mm. money that the BBC spent. 
Well, Stephen presume- says in his book, the BBC mm. just sold their uh, Quantel system on and they had to hire it back. He finds that hilarious mm. and noteworthy. No yes. Troughton, but he finds that funny. Yeah, yeah. The kids look so bored, don't they? Mm. And we go into... Uh, this is the big uh, big fantasy sequence, isn't it, coming up now? Bet you that box got hot really quickly. <laughs> Little light in it, bet you. Lovely. Love that. It's beautiful, isn't it? Mm. And it's so obviously a drawing. I don't think this is a piece of work which would be benef- benefit in any way at all from CGI. Oh, I, so think I that, hate CGI. Mm, mm. This needs to look like a painting. It has to. Mm. That suits it. He's got the Hearn chap. Yeah. Die something, I think. Mm. What you've got here as well, I think, um, this might hint where I'm possibly going to go for my, my favourite thing of the episode. Mm. You've got the little gap between when Hearn finishes a line and Devon starts his line. And that will be because they're adding that effect to Hearn's voice live in studio, of course. Rather than do it in post, you could right. just do that on the mixing desk but you've got to have that little beat it's um like with the, on Doctor Who the Cybermen voices if you stood too close to one of the Cybermen your voice would go Cyberman-y too so right. you needed a hell of a good sound mixer which I think this program has got So we're going into sort of astral projection here, aren't we? Mm. Oh, look at that. That's nice stuff. Probably quite complicated with the foreground stuff as well. Yeah. I think many kids would have followed all of this. I think I, mean, I followed it. I don't know if I would have done. I think I remember. Well, I remember being enthralled by it. Through the Bayer Tapestry, through ancient no, Egypt. Egypt. I thought Egypt was in it. Mm. It's one of those things, though. You know, um, kids. I think we were the last generation, maybe, who had that education in the classics. Really, mm, that yeah. very strong education on you know the nature of civilizations, and there's something always about this sequence 
Mm. Because there's that whole affinity we have, don't we, with beaches and the sea. Mm. Spartans. And a very simple set as well. Mm. See, this is, again, why I admire the sound people. Because, of course, the BBC, you know, used to, they'd have their boom microphones swinging across. So any scene would have two boom mics, which would follow the action. That's bloody difficult to do on a big, open, empty set. Mm. ITV didn't do that, you know. ITV would have static microphones, so the sound as the actors moved would go in and out. The BBC were the ones who had moving microphones. It's right up until. I don't you know if they were still now, but. Stuff, I do, I do. Um, early I 70s. Love it. Early 70s, though. I'm seeing if Devin's got a shadow. See, so, the so light they're, on now the boat, not, though. they're not, not very well mic'd up now. Ah, so they have to pull up for a wide shot. Oh. There's a bit of a shadow when he arrives, I think. I love the light on the bottom of the boat. Mm. It's it stopped now. Oh, no, it's back. Here we go. Bit of Tron. I think this it looks be... a bit Sorry. like the opening of Battle of the Planets. I think mm. I remember it looking a bit like that when I was little. This would be sound if you took acid. Because <laughs> being a kid's like being on acid, isn't it? Hey, yeah. That's a cracking shot. The somersault out, yeah. And it is him, isn't it, as well? It's not a model because it's seamlessly yeah. him. Of course, Macefield being very well travelled as well, he'd have sort of known all these places. Mm. Got a very white guardian feel to it, all of this. Well, yeah. Especially because, is this... This is him mm. from Four to Doomsday, isn't it? What's his mm. name? Uh, Philip Locke. This is Philip Locke. That's it. He with the glass eye. Hasn't he got a glass eye? Mmm. Um, mmm. It's very Bucketian. Mmm. It's one of those sections that has a feel a bit like, um, what's his name? His real name's Charles Ludwig Dodgson, but... Um, oh, C.S. Lewis? No, uh, no, uh, oh, Lewis Carroll, Lewis, Lewis Carroll. God. That's it. It's got a feel, that sort of, the, you know, of, of Lewis Carroll. I'm, I, I never understand why this book isn't as well known as Alice in Wonderland, because it's, it's better. It's a case of... You know, he was sort of, he had a prodigious output, didn't he? I mean, we only really know the Box of Delights, but, I mean, he had a lot of work. He was Poet Laureate for, what, 50, no, 40 years. Mm. So stuff like that tarnishes one's cachet as an artist as well, doesn't it? That's true, yeah. You know, there's that whole nonsense we have in this country whereby, oh, that's what you do. That's mm. it. You're not a, you're not an artist because you're part of the establishment. Yeah. The rubbish that we have. I mean, 
Carol as well. Mm. You know, I mean, a lot of the things he and you know, it was a very his those two books are very very clever. You know why the Mad Hat is mad, don't you? Go on. So what's the stuff they make our fillings with? Or used to? Oh. I know what you mean. And it, it makes you go... Mad. Yeah. And that's what they used to rim hats with in the old days. Uh, and the vapour from the... God, how can I not think of the metal? The stuff they make uh, bloody metal fillings with. Anyway. Mm. It begins with an M, I think. It's not magnesium. Malibdenum. Malibdenum. Uh, yes. Anyway, that's why he's mad. Right. Still think this is better than Lance in Wonderland, though. Lawrence in Wonderland? Uh, uh, yes. yes. Sorry, I had a br- brief stroke there. Yes. I still, I still think this is better than Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Personally. Clarence in Wonderland by Clarence The Soft Machine. Oh. So, as in The Lion, The Cross-Eyed Lion. No. Do you not? No? No, not... Uh, you're talking about bloody... Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I'm, so, I'm too tired for this. Can I Daktari. remember Daktari. Daktari, yes. Yes. I'm Daktari. <laughs> Lovely shot. More than a first show of not remembering things this week. Yes. So we're about quarter, halfway through the episode. Mm. Do you want to? Should we put money on where the Troughton shows up this week? Because I mean. I think I'm starting to realise that he's taken the job, and it's a, it's a very nice job, and starring oh, yes. role, and I'm in the opening titles, but I'm only in about two episodes, so... Yeah. Hmm. The box is the star, though. The box is the show. Hmm. Just... Why well, be annoyed about banging? It's a fourteen-year-old boy in his bedroom, not saying yes. Leave the boy alone. Well, yes. Don't bother him. Yes. He's having a fantasy. Yes. To quote you. Yes. <laughs> What's the matter, groaning in your? Yes. Oh. Yes, I'll say. Yes, that's we know why. Mercury. That's said it, Mercury. Mercury. <laughs> <Were> you... <laughs> yes, that's why the Mad Hatter was mad. Nothing to do right, with this. Okay. <laughs> Boss, tomorrow's Christmas Day. I want you to return all the captives tonight with a ten-pound note apiece from our last bank robbery. Then the whole thing will pass off as a rag, and we'll tell in our favour if we ever do come to be tried. Anything else? Yes. If you're so full of magic as you say you are, why don't you use your magic to find the missing box? Here he is. What a nasty man. No, I can remember that. I remember uh, this. Yeah, I can remember the little fella. His surname is Kemp, but I don't know if he's one of the brothers. 
You mean Probably the not. One of the Hammond brothers, yes. Yeah. It's the one they kept under the stirs they were embarrassed about. There was always this punishment of eternity, this Christian thing, wasn't there? It still ran through everything when we were kids. In The Five Doctors, it's the ending, isn't it? Where mm. you're doomed for eternity to be part of uh, Bruce's sarcophagi or whatever it is. Yeah. He's doing his Richard the Third here. Remember the whimpering? Mm. Felt so sorry for that little chap. Yes. Uh, it's mad how much of this you remember, innit? Mm. Things like that in the little turn up, it's just like boom. Mm. That's very nicely done as well. Mm. Now then, we are now, this is the only location filmed in London. Oh. Um, this is, I wrote it down, dear. Jimmy Savile's dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the cellars of St. Catherine's Dock in London. There you go. Mm. Probably been redeveloped by now, I would think. Oh, yes. Docklands right light railway flying through it. I know nothing of any It's probably still there. These pleasantries must cease. He's so good. I mean, he's just so good. Mm. You just find yourself watching him. Mm. Now, nobody's unhappy that Joe's been locked up. No. Because he's been getting on the wick. Absolutely.
a driven man. His hands are filthy. <clears throat> it is Shakespeare. Look, it's just a monologue, this. and That was his life. He was knighted for it. They don't knight you for being an actor. No. Like, if you don't know it. Oh, no. But, I mean, to, to make it work... In a children's TV drama, he's he's just monologuing away. But you fully accept that this is a character who would perform to himself. I well, he would. The, he, he could dial it down as well for the movies. That's the mm, skill of it. Yeah, they're the ones I, who really crack it. He's not dialing it down that much, though. He's, no, he's I mean like, for the movies and stuff, he was successful oh, yeah. in that regard. You know, oh no, here he's just chewing the scenery, mm. and we're loving it. Yeah, but then you oh, can it's... with TV. Yeah, well, you, you can. could. I mean, mm. Telly's not like this now, Paul. You do know that. Ooh. Don't don't approve of it now. You know, you wouldn't get this in Peaky Blinders. I wouldn't know, dear. Uh, I would. No, <laughs> it's fantastic. It's not, it's not filmed in Birmingham. Pretend it is. Should have filmed it in Birmingham. The accents are the worst. You see, why do you, why would I want to watch it? The accents in Crossroads are great when they do. And that's because they just get people who work in ATV. Yes, we've seen nothing wrong with it. Get the tea lady in; she can do a turn. We're not doing much talking. We're just watching no. Robert Stevens because well, he's this is mesmerizing. The problem. Yeah, Robert Stevens is just far, far too good. Yeah. Look at that. It's lovely, isn't it? Rennie Rye there. Take my hat off to Rennie Rye for that shot. Yeah. Now that yes. feels like the cliffhanger and yeah. it keeps going. Which is curious. Because this is a. a well, now we're re resolving things. Yeah. I feel it would make sense for the cliffhanger to be there because then Kay is in peril, Joe's locked up, nobody's coming to rescue mm. them. And yet. So structurally, I've always found this a little 
Yeah, especially oh. it's like a minute from the end. Mm. You see, Sylvia, my I told you we were going to double it could be that an episode was running under or they had too much for episode six and they didn't want to cut any of episode six. So they yeah. trimmed episode four, maybe. I don't know. Foxy face Charles. You can see why Robert Stevens and Patricia Quinn got married. Can't you mm. imagine the sh- the roaring arguments would have been oh. wonderful. Oh, fireworks! We shall conceal the jewels upon our person. No, everything together in our future. Ah. Certainly, my dear. Whatever you say. Yes, but do hurry, Charles. He may be back at any moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a bit of an anticlimax after a decent one, eh? Yeah. I think. I always felt this... five was a little bit flat, though. The episode. It's either it's either under run, or they've had two, they've got so much for episode six, and they've had to shove some of it into five. Sylvia be... Daisy Pouncer is a brilliant name for a character. Wonderful. It's like a, a, a warming bowl of soup after a long walk in the winter, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Jason Kemp, that's it. Probably yes. not one of the Kemp brothers at all. Yes. And still no Troughton. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Far too busy. Far too busy. But, Pat, we've moved the location to London. Oh, I'll pop in next well, week, then. I may see you. <laughs> Hopefully. I'm sure he turns up again. The thing is, he's so. probably very, 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 very busy. I don't know. I mean, you can only be there when you need it. He's not. The, he's not required. Well, no. And like I say, he's got a he's got a starring role, and he's got his face in the opening titles. Yeah. I was thinking earlier. I was wondering why they um, why they had uh, Devon and Pat on hmm. Blue Peter. If yeah, Pat's not in it that much, and why they didn't go for Devon and Robert Stevens? I thought, oh, Robert he, Stevens on Blue Peter. No, that could have gone horribly wrong. I think wrong. he'd have been perfectly charming. He'd have, uh, he'd yeah. have petted Goldie and been lovely. I just think that he was busy. I mean, that's the thing that mm. you know, like when we're kids and we read things like William Russell should have been in Modern Undead, and mm. we get all pissy and that, and it's just like he was busy. That's yeah. it. That is all that's there true. is to it. You know, everyone is at the at mercy. Of people's availability, as mm. as we find even in our own minor productions, people are busy, and you've got to just. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I know you don't like people being too busy for you, dear. I don't think that's all, is it? No, quite right. But they are busy for anything else. Yes, unfortunately, yeah. people do. And yes. Are. Anyway, right. Yes. So, go on. What was your nice thing for that episode? This well, is a tricky one. Got to be where the bed turns into the forest, hasn't it? And Hearn turns up. 
Mm. For me, I just love that because I love that whole scene where he's walking through the forest and the trees are in the foreground, foreground and the background. It, it's mm. just reminds me of seeing it as a kid because I've no, not no, watched these for many years. I know you're a little girly swat and keep mm. watching them and swatting I'm... up to make me look like a tit. <laughs> a little look, a little look. Which is fine. fine. No more than that. Mm. Yes, I'm going to go for... Yeah. And I think that this is the one episode I'm going to allow myself to go for a person. I'm going to go on this one for Robert Stevens. Ah, uh, well, that's not fair. Why is that not fair? Because didn't you didn't say... say you could do that. I didn't say you couldn't do that. You said favourite moment. All right, then the moments of Robert Stevens acting well. Because yeah. no, I'm going to have to, because it is it is monologuing. It's that Shakespearean heightened performance. And he's doing it and he's containing all of that hmm. within this little 4-3 TV screen. But my God, he he's acting. And you can you can feel he's acting. There's no tra- trace of performance that's acting, dear. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Beautiful yeah. stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. he's fantastic. Mm. But if I was to go for a moment, I'd go for the cliffhanger that they should have used. Because I thought that was a nice cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, interested yeah. how they didn't. There yes. will be a story behind that. You need to contact Rennie Rye, though uh, he's only got half an hour to get in touch. Yeah, I've dropped, I've dropped him a thing on Twitter. I haven't heard anything yet. Heights so. of rudeness. I'm terrible, but yeah. there we go. Anyway, anyway. Yes. So, so there's episode five done. Can you believe it? We've nearly stuck with this all the way through. We have. It's, it shows incredible fortitude and staying power. It I, for really one, does. am very, very proud of myself. I think you should be, dear. Uh, so, now then, don't forget that uh, if you enjoyed uh, watching this, then you can see much more weekly stuff and nonsense about all sorts of ephemera and foolishness um, on Nice Things, which is our podcast. You can follow the Nice Things uh, tweets on at Nice Things Show. I'm on uh, Twitter at Paul Carmichael V. And my colleague is on Twitter at Michael Livesley. So you can uh, follow us all there and maybe see what we're going to do after the Box of Delights. Yes. Might yes. Tell you next time. Yes, yes, we shall. Might, we shall. Yes, might do that. Indeed. So we we better we better leave it there, otherwise the boys and girls won't have a chance to see the Indeed. Christmas Day. Indeed, we're almost at the big day. Yes. Yes. Wow. So we will join you again soon. So from uh, Mr. Michael Livesley, it's goodbye. Goodbye. And from myself, Paul Guy Michael, it's a fond goodbye, and we'll see you next time on the nice things commentaries of the box of delight. Ha 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 ha!